Well, welcome, welcome. Welcome to A Coach's Perspective. I'm your host, Jenny Hopkins. And this is going to be a great show. I'm very excited about this because we are in the middle of a series. And the inspiration for my series is back. Heather Harmon is here. And, you know, we've had uh, some, would it be safe to say, Heather, we've had some marathon conversations on this topic? I would say so, yeah. I know, right? So last week uh, we we discussed this and we talked a little bit about that. And we're going to continue that conversation about the mental health of college athletes, but then also in particular to athletes um, after their eligibility and kind of, you know, finding that identity and and kind of wading through and navigating their life after uh, they have, um, you know, that that eligibility is up and that they have, you know, moved to a different chapter in their life. And then we're going to also talk to, uh, this week a little bit about um, that mental health during during rehabilitation from an injury. So we're going to do all of that. But before we do that, I want to show some gratitude to our presenting sponsor, Great Southern Bank. Great Southern Bank is serious about convenience with nearly 100 banking centers in six states, hundreds of ATMs and mobile and online banking services. You're always in touch with your money. Learn more at greatsouthernbank.com, member FDIC. We always thank Kelly Polonis and Joe Turner, and we appreciate everything that they do. Um, all of their teammates over at Great Southern Bank are wonderful. We also have other sponsors that we're going to talk about throughout the show. Highland Dairy, Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance, Bill Grant Ford in Bolivar. Thank you for fixing my car last week. Story Construction, West Logging, Greg and Melinda Burnett, and Springfield Yard Cards. All right, I also brought up something last week, and I'm going to drop this little chestnut again. Um, Colton Gardner has a sports blog. This young man is a avid sports fan, and he is very excited about being a part of um, the sports world and is trying to expand his blog. And so um, give his uh, sports blog a chance. You can fi- find it on Facebook, Colton's Sports Blog. Um, also, our website hit 1,000 subscribers last week and i'm very excited about that and if you want to have um, some weekly emails about what's coming up on the show you can subscribe to the website a coach's perspective.com um, i'm not going to give your emails away or anything like that but you will just get a weekly email about what was on the show and what's coming up on the next show and it just kind of keeps you in tune with everything that that we have going on so last week we had heather here we also had nick dryden on a uh, former men's soccer player at Missouri State University, and Coach John Leamy, thank you so much for helping set that up. And, you know, Nick did a, a great job of also explaining what it was like after his eligibility was up. Um, talked a little bit about some of the triggers that he went through, um, about how hard it was to sit in the stands afterwards. And so it was a great show. He did a, a tremendous job, and so did my co-host, Heather Harmon. And so if you want to listen to that show, you can go to a coachesperspective.com, listen to it there, or on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Verbal, or on Helium Satellite Radio. All right, so tonight, again, we're going to dive into this. Um, and I'm excited about this. Heather Harmon, you know from all of her basketball fame from Walnut Grove, going 108 and 18, and then at Drury University, went 113 and 16. Accolades, accolades, accolades. It's only an hour show, so I can't tell you her whole resume, but... Heather, you had a great career, um, and and now you're selling real estate, and you are in the um, the big girl world. You got a big girl job, right? Um, and you're navigating this. You have uh, been married for almost a year. You want to give a little shout out, happy anniversary oh, to your husband. <laughs> a Monday, it'll be one year. That's that's exciting. But we don't know yet. So. <laughs> 
So true. So true. And so I appreciate you coming back uh, on. And I kind of want to give a little bit of um, a a preview of why we're doing this. And and I want you to revisit a topic we talked about last week, and that was this TikTok video that you did. Tell us a little bit about um, you you did this TikTok video while you were working out on a treadmill. (laughs) And then what happened from that? Yeah. So, um, yeah, just as a as a recap, kind of feeling like, you know, the past four years since I've graduated, just physically and mentally, there's just a ton of limitations that I have that I'm not used to that I hadn't experienced, you know, in the 18 years playing my sport. And so um, particularly that day, I was a little extra frustrated that, man, like even walking a mile at this point is you know, hard. And I used to be able to, to run a, not that super fast, but a pretty quick <laughs> mile. Um, and so just kind of, you know, spiraling from there, thinking of all of these other things that I've been struggling with for the past four years, like that identity, um, kind of crisis, right? Dramatic word, but just, um, you know, struggling with not being able to, to play my sport anymore and, um, kind of trying to figure out, you know, who am I since then? And so, um, just kind of posted a silly video that was like, Hey, are there any other former athletes who feel this way? And, um, overwhelmingly the answer was yes. And so, um, that's just kind of from there started, um, a conversation of, you know, kind of what, what could be, what could we be doing better for our current athletes, um, to support them after their eligibility? I think a lot of, a lot of us, you know, coaches, trainers, like even the athletes, we just think about ourselves in the, the space of our sport and at the collegiate level, right? That's only four years if you're lucky. Um, and so few of us are thinking about what happens after those four years. And, um, I think even just one silly little TikTok, um, is a testament to how much area and space there is for growth there. And I had a lot of former athletes that reached out after last week's show and talked about how, um, you know, they, they've always felt this way, but they've never vocalized it Mm -hmm. and that it, it was so true. And they realized that some of their struggles were directly related Mm -hmm. to this identity crisis. And so we're going to, we're going to talk a little bit about, um, you know, the current athletes and the former athletes, but also there is, you know, that population that is recovering from injury. And who do you have Mm -hmm. when you want to talk about recovering from injuries, (laughs) but the regional administrator, director of Mercy Orthopedics Sports Medicine, Jim Rayner. Jim Rayner is in the house. Welcome. Thank you for that introduction. I appreciate it very much. That's a tongue tire. Yes, it is. It is. It's in font six on his uh, (laughs) business card. But, you know, Jim, you've been on the show several times before, and we're going to, we've talked about how it's difficult to approach a coach when you are an athlete about any kind of weakness. You want to show no weakness. You can count on me. I'm dependable. Put me in coach. And, and, And that's what you want. And that's the mentality you want your coach to perceive of you. But, that doesn't negate the fact that sometimes you have struggles and you've got to talk to someone. So oftentimes athletic trainers, you know, they, they receive a lot of this, um, not just the physical training, but also the mental side. So I guess my first question out of the gate is what, what kind of training do athletic trainers get on the mental health of athletes? Right. Well, you know, this, this, this has been continues to be and we're, we're understanding it more and more, but from a formal training, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it wasn't really in existence. Um, you, you have your basic psych classes and things like that. But um, there there are people, there are ATs that are uh, in schooling right now that have gravitated towards the uh, mental health side of things. So that that's one pathway. But uh, really the, the big pathway is from a continuing education professional development to recognize signs, symptoms, um, help individuals to navigate through 
this time period of their life. Uh, they're, they're, it's all about transitions, right? And how how to figure out what is your direction. And and so um, a lot of professional development has been created over the past 10, 15 years, which has been a, a, an asset. I would say that we still have a long ways to go um, from an identification of those who are maybe struggling um, before it becomes too late. Um, and then from a preparation uh, when it, when when the transition of the athletic career does finally take place, because it it happens to everybody, right? Right. Everyone does. They 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 have to put the proverbial shoes on, you know, tie the shoelaces together, right. put it on the shoulder, and go to the proverbial cemetery and put <laughs> their shoes on the tombstone, right. say a prayer, and walk away. We all do it. People like me happen at seventeen, eighteen, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> most most of us, right? But then there are people at 23, 24. Sure. You know. The next chapter does ne- come. Next, the next chapter will come. That is a certainty. And how you handle that and how you embrace that is, is what I think is, is a key. And having people along the way that support you, and in particular athletic trainers, um, you know, that's important. And, and I think everybody out there, I think, realizes that oftentimes when you are in therapy or when you confide something, confidentiality is really important. So if someone talks to an athletic trainer, they don't want them to run to the coach and tell on them. But just, just for informational purposes, there are three main reasons that, that confidentiality can be broken, and that's if they're going to hurt someone, if they're going to hurt themselves, or if someone is hurting them. And then all bets are off. And confidentiality as mandated reporters. You have to report those things. And so um, I think athletes feel very comfortable around trainers and that is a place that they can open up and they probably hear a lot of different things. So about your athletic trainers taking on not just the physical rehab and trying to get them back onto the court. Um, how do you help your trainers um, shoulder some of the, the mental health counseling that they have to do? Yeah. So it, the, the number one thing is do no harm, right? right. So, you know, in, in, in understanding what your role is as a healthcare professional, um, no matter what setting that you're in, and and I'm glad that you you brought up what what where are some confidentiality barriers that you need to sure. to really abide by. So that that's number one. Number two, it's it's parlaying the relationship that the athletic trainer develops, and hopefully, not everybody does it right, but hopefully, that that trust relationship is developed so that at least a conversation, the ability for someone to trust uh, a, a conversation, whether it's, hey, I'm going to throw something out there a little bit and see what what response I get, um, either the, the student athlete saying that or maybe the athletic trainer going, you know what, something's off. I'm going to throw something out there and see where that little ripple takes us. So, once again, I, I, I believe – that we still have even we've done a great job, but I still believe we have even more to go um, with with continuing education and professional development. And I think that's an ongoing uh, process, um, especially in in all areas of healthcare. But in particular, in this particular age, um, you and I have visited uh, quite a bit about this um, coping mechanisms, resiliency. Um, I think. For whatever reason, maybe this is a product of my age right now, but that it, it it seems like it's kind of hard to come by and identify 
and um, and, and and that is revealing itself in other ways that we never thought. Right. So that's why I'm saying, from a professional development, this is an ongoing process. Right. So uh, you know, and any healthcare provider, and really, I, w- I would I would put coaching staffs. I mean, if if, right. if you're going to be coaching kids, and when I say kids, from little guys up right. through the college age, you need to be prepared for this topic, yeah. right? And, and and hopefully we'll get into that a little we bit will, yes. later on. But yeah, you're you're so true. It's so true. I mean, as a sports counselor, I you know I've worked with teams, I've worked with individuals, and there's some coaches that are like all in, and they're like, listen, everybody, you got to listen to this. We got to pay attention to our physical just as much as we do our mental, and vice versa. And, and then there's some coaches that are like, yeah, yeah, they're a bunch of head cases, fix them. Right. <laughs> and, and, and that, well, why are they head cases? I wonder right. why, you know, I mean, they've got a coach that's not paying attention in, to that part of that valuable part of their game. And so th- there are, there are different ways that they can do that. And we will dive into that. Um, and, and, you know, I think also we're going to look at, um, the side of, of when they are rehabbing from an injury. We're going to talk a little bit about that as well because of the mental health um, and the spiral that they can have. Is my career over? Did my career just end on this split second? So we'll talk a little bit about that, but we're going to show some gratitude to our sponsors um, and we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we'll continue with Heather Harmon and Jim Rayner. And I want to thank Great Southern Bank for being our presenting sponsor. We'll be right back here on A Coach's Perspective. Do you have some standing walnut and oak? Welcome back to A Coach's Perspective. I'm Jenny Hopkins, and I'm alongside Heather Harmon is here and Jim Rayner. And this segment is sponsored by Highland Dairy. Highland Dairy is owned by dairy farmers. They've been providing a great selection of nutritious dairy products since 1938. Hey, it's a proven fact. From scientific studies, professional dietitians, that the ideal beverage, sports beverage, recovery drink available to athletes after workout is chocolate milk. And Highland Dairy has the best tasting chocolate. Um, and I can tell you um, they are a proud sponsor of a coach's perspective. We're so grateful for Greg Stevenson and his entire team over at Highland Dairy. And and Jim Rayner, when I was going through my rehab, I left and had a lot of chocolate milk afterwards trying to recover <laughs> from that experience. <laughs> All right, so we are talking a little bit about um, – the mental health of athletes, you know, college athletes after eligibility. We're talking a little bit about recovery from injury. And Heather Harmon is is my co-host tonight. And you know, this is uh, something that's near and dear to her heart. And um, and I and I love the the outreach that we've had on this topic. And I can appreciate it. Um, we were talking a little bit about how it's hard to talk to coaches, and there are a lot of coaches out there that um, don't get, and they will never get um, the mentality of how valuable and how useful it can be to be um to to work on the mental side of the game i mean a lot of them are just i mean rub some dirt in it let's go you know and and so tell me a little bit jim from what what you think about you know there's coaching that's inside the lines and there's coaching outside the lines um where do you think that line of and that balance of healthy coaching lies right i think there's a misnomer out there uh in, in in the athletic community that um being soft or Kids being head cases uh, that it happens in between the lines. Well, it manifests. It reveals. You know, it, if if someone is struggling, a lot of times it reveals it there. You know, and, it, and a lot of that is stress related, right? So what what I like to try to implore our coaching community is um, the real work is outside of the lines because inside of the lines, I don't I don't know how much um, teaching 
is really going on or should be going on because at that time it's it's it, it, it's strategy it's it's execution um, and so the demand There's motivation oh, there absolutely, yes right it's, it's but yes it's that, that warrior mentality let's right. go let's do that let's, yes. let's let's get after what what can we what can what we need to do to accomplish x goal right, right? but the real work is outside the lines mm-hmm. it's during practice before practice after practice the the life coaching that takes place i don't know anybody who ever played sports or had a favorite teacher or favorite musician or music teacher or theater teacher whatever whatever activity that you, you that favorite person you know who they are right you remember them and then the question is why do you remember them because mm-hmm. there was a level of investment more than the game more than the performance it's so good Right. And so that impact that 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 has a lifelong impact on you. And I think sometimes we forget the true value of a coach or participation for um, for a high school kid, for a college kid. Yes, we all want to win and we don't want to lose. Most of us. I don't know if winning is more important or not losing is more important. That, that's dependent on you. Right. <laughs> It's and whether you play offense right, or defense. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's 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 the intangible, yeah. the life skills that goes with you. And in in this topic I find that the baggage or the, the the weight of this topic when it goes on the negative side of things is because of the inability to translate all the positive things that happens in the world of athletics mm-hmm. to life. Because then our identity is all wrapped up into the wins, losses, what scholarship I got, uh, did I play, was I starter, um, what school did I go to, was I was I successful? And the successful is so so unfortunately related to X's and O's and wins and losses. I'm so glad you brought that point up because there's a lot of athletes that. For example, will choose a school to say they're going to that school for a few months, but then when they try to go and live it for four years, it's not a good fit. Right. And so those sometimes I don't want to say that that's a superficial thing to you know some of those things, but at, at some level they are right. find that substance that's a that's a good fit and and look at some of that. Um, and Heather, what you know your your thoughts as a, as a former athlete um, looking back now, you probably had you know some of those instances where. You get caught up in the wins and losses and the accolades and some of those things when looking back now, those weren't the the most important thing. I mean, the wins, yes, you're very proud of what you accomplished. Please don't minimize that. Um, But the impact of what you were going through and that experience is really what is is taking you through um, your young life. A hundred percent. Yeah. And just just as Jim was talking, I mean... I, I'm like doing backflips because I'm so excited yeah. that somebody with such a great position that he has in his life and the athletes that he's around and the trainers that he's around, like the trickle down effect of that is just, it's huge. And it like could make me emotional, you know, because not every program has that, not every school, not every athlete has that. And it is so, so, so important. And, you know, you're exactly right. I mean, I was blessed and I was really lucky um, to, to have the success that I had. But when he's talking about the impact and the investment, I mean, I think everybody sitting in this room had somebody come to mind. Um, and for me, that was coach Henry, my high school coach. And one of the most genuine people, um, 
hell of a basketball coach, obviously. I mean, I would think the last 12 years of his career at Walnut Grove would, would go to show that. But I think if you ask any single player in those last 12 years, like, what was the best thing about playing for Coach Henry? It wasn't that he was a great X's and O's coach, and he is. It wasn't that he had literally 47 sets that he runs and we memorize. Like, it was that he was a genuine person who cared about us as athletes, who cared about us as people. And I know without a shadow of a doubt, I could call him right now and he would come help with whatever I needed, you know? And so, um, yeah, I mean, that just, I think that is such a testament and, and so true. And I just like, that is what I pray that every single athlete has is somebody like Jim in their corner, somebody like Coach Henry in their corner that, you know, that's the kind of impact that lasts after eligibility. That's so true. It really is. And that's something that you can carry on. And I hope that, that coaches and trainers realize the power that they have. Um, and parents as well. The mm-hmm. power and the impact that you have on that car ride home or at that breakfast table or dinner table. That impact and that power and how they make them feel can help channel their coping skills and elevate them to a new level. Right. And I, I think it's really important because there's there's going to be a certain population that's going to listen to this. And they go, see... <laughs> That's what's wrong with America today, right? This generation, and, right? Yes. This generation, right? <laughs> and, and and let's let's not misconstrue what we're saying here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not trying. I am not saying to placate, mm-hmm. right? I'm not. I'm not trying. I'm. I'm not advocating to uh, support a snowflake attitude. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, agree. What What I'm saying is there is hard work. Mm-hmm. There's discipline. There's commitment. There's responsibility, and then there's accountability, and that that never sh- that never should go away mm-hmm. ever, right? But all of that extends outside of the lines for both player, coaches, mm-hmm. sports medicine professional, athletic trainers, moms and dads, <laughs> right? And if we want to go down a mom and dad world, we could do that too, <laughs> right? But but all all members involved have a responsibility for perspective, coach's perspective. Yeah, see see I like what I that. did there? Nice. That was <laughs> nice. It's all about the perspective on what the participation in athletics is about. And it's so important. They're going to have some mental roadblocks. I mean, you can say, well, that this generation, and you can say all of that, but that doesn't make it change. So you've got to figure out a way to coach that and channel that right. in the correct way. Right, right, absolutely. So, Heather, right, you come into high school. I mean, you walk down the street. I know it's Walnut Grove. You you walk down the street. They know. I mean, what was the first thing I said to you? I know the Harmons, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, you're on top of the world, right? Why would you even think this? Mm -hmm. This this, this whole angle until you grow up and then challenges happen. Mm -hmm. You become an adult, right? And that's, that's my challenge to the adults in the room. You're the adult. And if you continue to try to live through your child, just understand what you're doing on the back end, mm-hmm. right? You're the one that has the experience. Coach, you're the one that has the experience because if you got into coaching for the dollars and cents, remember, let's say basketball. Let's, let's, mm-hmm. There's 32 NBA. Mm-hmm. And what is there? 18 WNBA? Mm-hmm. Hey, coaching spots. <laughs> so if you got into coaching for the money, I don't, and I don't know very many coaches that got into it for the money. No, that's usually not right. The they got it for their passion and Correct. the investment. And moms and dads, yes, we all want our kids to be successful and win and 
go to state championships four years in a row and all that, right? Just three. Just three. <laughs> we won't talk about who yeah, beat you out on that one. we won't talk about the first one. Right. So, I mean, we, we all want that. But the reality is, what, why are we doing this? Why are we encouraging our kids mm-hmm. to do? Because if you really wanted to make it to the WNBA, right, mm-hmm. you should have picked your parents a lot better than what you did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that's, I'm, I'm so glad that you said that. We, we talked a little bit about this last week of, you know, just stop trying to live vicariously through your, yes. through your athletes. But you're exactly right that as coaches and parents, so much of the athlete's experience is what you give them. Um, and I'm blessed that I had two of the best parents in the world. I mean, the only things they ever said to me before a game were play hard and have fun. I mean, from five years old until 22 years old. And I, I realize that's not the case for a lot of parents. So I'm, I'm very, very blessed and lucky to have that as I'm, well. I'm pretty sure that that didn't hamper your, uh, your performance. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to play the good. way I was going to play yeah. regardless of what Exactly. <laughs> I think that's wonderful. That's wonderful. All right. Well, we're going to continue this conversation. Um, uh, we will show some gratitude to our sponsors. We want to also thank um, Highland Dairy again for sponsoring this segment, along with Greg and Melinda Burnett as they support local and thoughtful radio. We'll be right back here with Heather Harmon and Jim Rayner on A Coach's Perspective. Welcome back to A Coach's Perspective. Hey, this segment is sponsored by Bill Grant Ford and Bolivar. Hey, they know cars, they know trucks, they know SUVs, and they know service. Once again, they fixed my car last week. Thank you very much to Harry and Taylor and all of the the teammates over there in service. Uh, They know how to keep their customers happy and loyal. I've been one of them for over 25 years. Give Kelly Grant and Shane Rainey a call. They'll take care of you. Do a coast-to-coast search and find exactly what you're looking for. 417 Three two six seven six seven one. We're also very grateful for West Logging sponsoring this segment. Fifty years of experience. Go to westlogging.com or find Danny West on Facebook. He'll give you a free consultation and treat your land like his own. And we're also very grateful for Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance. All right, I'm here with Heather Harmon and, and Jim Rayner, and we're talking a little bit about the mental health of athletes. And then after um, their eligibility is up, and I want to kind of I want to kind of segue into that. And one of the things we were, were talking about before we went to the break to show some gratitude to our sponsors is um, about parents and the impact they have and about coaches and the impact they have and about athletic trainers and the adults in the room, as, as Jim put it, and the impact that they have on their athletes. And I think one of the things that's really important and one of the worst things that a parent or coach can say is, oh, back in the day, I would have never got away with that. Or, you know, that mentality of, oh, I would have never been able to do that. Or we, we didn't go through that. We would have never, my coach would have never put up with that. Right there, immediately, you are separating yourself from that individual. You're separating yourself from them, uh, not providing any kind of empathy whatsoever. So right then and there, that is where you feel like your ego is a little bit more important uh, than the mental health of this athlete. Um, and I, I think I see that oftentimes yeah. as well. Yeah, so th- th- those statements create... A mindset, especially, and, and especially when it starts young, when it, when it starts in upper upper elementary school, middle school, high school, it it, it sets an unattainable standard mm-hmm. because no matter what I do, I can't meet the proverbial standard that mom and dad has portrayed to me. Even though as we get older. Our athletic careers, our athletic prowess actually enhance enhances, which is so far 
further from the truth, right? right? As, as we get older, we remember that our athletic proudness was so much better than what it really was. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? Oh, totally. Right? Totally, so, totally. So, so the reality of that, but the kids don't know that. Right. Right? And that. so they're, 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 they're comparing themselves now, not only to a standard of their teammates, right? They're the people that they're competing against or competing with and people that they're competing against. But now, within five minutes, you get in a car. Right. What's the conversation? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I would have never done that. Right. I would have never done that. I've never gotten away with that. Or why did you what do? What are you thinking? Yeah. Why or did why you didn't you do? Yes. Right. I mean, it's so easy. It's not a complicated right. sport. Just do the, uh, right. that's been some of the right. comments that we've So heard. we've opined about that for quite some time, right? So that, how does this translate to the topic at hand of the adjustment of life afterwards? Mm-hmm. Right. Or when, 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 whenever that, Stop happens. Because sprinkle in some social media as well. Well, without question. And that comparison. And then all of a sudden, you you don't get to post any of those highlights. Or you're not, you know, that social media, um, a lot of that, those accolades that you received from social media even drop after your eligibility. Right, right, right. And so we wonder why it's such a hard transition for some really tough-minded, disciplined individuals that when it, and we wonder why, because for the majority of their life, what was their endeavor? Mm-hmm. And what was their comparisons, mm-hmm. right, both internally and externally? And so that's that's what makes this even more complicated, because I wish that everybody had a chance to sit down and visit with individuals like yourself to, to, to discuss these things or to – but not everybody has that opportunity, mm-hmm. right? And so and, – and then there these – kids when they graduate when they're done with their athletic career they're left to their own devices mm-hmm. to figure life out right and so heather you know you went you went through this uh, what do you think are some of the biggest challenges that former athletes or you know really i mean former competitive athletes i'd like that word a little bit better you can be mm-hmm. an athlete all the way um you know until you until mm-hmm. you until you die so tell me a little bit about that competitive athlete representing schools after you're finished with that. What are some of the biggest mental challenges? Yeah, well, I think there's, you know, the there's a whole mental side of things. There's a whole list of mental challenges that come um, after elig- eligibility. But then there's also the physical ones, right? You're not you're no longer working out three, four hours a day. Um, a lot of us weren't like properly trained on nutrition and, and knowing, you know, Hey, when, (laughs) when this transition happens, I should probably get this in check. Um, so there's physical limitations, um, and struggles that come with that and and mental, um, limitations that, that come with that as well. And I think one of the biggest mental limitations is, you know, mentally and in our minds, we are still that competitive athlete. We are still that basketball player or whatever, you know, sport that you played. And, um, that's, that's hard thing to separate yourself from. And, and oftentimes a lot of people do still see you as that, you know, and when you meet up with people or, um, you know, former teammates and things like that, it's about the good old days. And it's always kind of just like back in that mindset of who you were as an athlete. And it can be really hard to distance yourself from that. Um, and so, you know, in addition to all the physical limitations that come along with that, it can be, um, it can be really hard and, and we just don't have a lot of just grace for ourselves, <laughs> 
Um, and we just want to be able to compete at the level that we used to be able to do. We like nothing is a game for me. That's something too that I've realized is like, even just like hosting game nights and stuff. Sometimes I'm like, you literally need to tone it back or like you're going to lose friends here. You know, like <laughs> it's just that, that constantly having a mind of a competitor, which is great. Um, but it, it's not as easily translatable into the, into the real world. And, um, you know, something that I really tried to do is kind of translate that over into my career. Yes. Channel it, channel it, channel it. Yeah, totally. And I think that there, even that though, there has to be a level um, where, you know, it can be easy to cross boundaries of work-life balance and and things like that because you, you, again, you, you know, you want to put in the work and see the results, but um, you can burn out pretty quickly doing that as well. So there's, you know, I, I think we often think about the physical limitations after, you know, eligibility, but there's, there's a whole host of, of mental ones as well. Well, we were looking at, um, as we were preparing for the show, we were looking at some of the resources and believe um, perform.com has these great articles on mental health. And one of the things that uh, was discussed was this tunnel vision syndrome. And tunnel vision syndrome, I think, nails it on what a lot of athletes go through. I mean, they've had this tunnel vision where they spend all of their time, you know, training, competing, going to school, training, competing, going mm-hmm. to school. And then as a result, they're a little bit ill-prepared um, to find that balanced perspective in the, in the real world. Okay. So now I've got to decide when I'm going to work out, how I'm going to work out, how I'm going to eat. And, and it's not that they're, you're not capable of that, just not in, you know, just not into that routine. You've been in this tunnel vision. And I think that's something too that, um, I think athletic trainers also try and touch often on the nutritional side of rehab, the nutritional part of things and, and taking care of it. But what else can athletic trainers from your perspective do to help with that transition um, into this um, after, after they're finished, you know, they, they don't have an athletic trainer that's checking on them every day and taping their ankle. Um, so what do you think they can do as far as like their senior year or towards the end of our eligibility as they're in their role? Not that it is their responsibility, in any way, shape, or form, I'm not putting that on there. But what do you think they can do to kind of help with that transition so that we don't just drop these athletes um, into this mental health spiral? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's, that's a great question. You know, but I, I guess my question, to, to, answer, to answer that question, <laughs> I have to ask a question. Sure. Do, do we even know when that reality hits them? Mm. I don't. I don't know True. if that reality hits them until they're gone. That's a very good point. A right. Very good. And point. so I think it's hard to identify. And, and and who who's it going to hit? And at what degree is it going to hit them? Right. You know, just just that transition. Right. Uh, how 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 is that going to affect me? How is it going to affect my teammate? We we don't know. So I think the family at, at the collegiate level, the team, if if. If we believe that the team is a family, then the family, it starts within the family, right? So you have your your collegiate team family, and then you have your actual family, you know, and hopefully, and, and I know not everybody has that family support, the, the, the biological or the conditional, the unconditional family support. I understand that. Um, and, and my heart goes out for folks like that. But it there are two mechanisms where that can take place. Sure. Um, but, but both with the within the team, and I think that's part of the process for the collegiate coaches in particular. Really, the collegiate coaches, I think they need to have that mindset of preparing them for what's after. I know we they do a great job preparing them for the athletic side of things, and I think I, I'm 
I'm referring back to the original statement of what, why, why are we doing what we're doing when it comes to coaching and participation in athletics, even at the highest level of collegiate level, right? Because we know statistically what less than 3% is going to make it. Right. Right. right? Uh, to, to make a buck for at least one year, right? It's, it's, it's the chances there, you know? And so parlaying the work ethic and the dedication and teamwork and all that into career, mm-hmm. to me, that that's where the gold is, right? Because, man, if I could find hard-driving, committed, competitive individuals that are coachable, Oh, my word. What employer wouldn't want that? Right, exactly. Right? Exactly. So it, it, it's, that, it's that transition. It's that life transition. And, and it's going to be different for everyone. I like the, the point that you're bringing up is when does that actually hit? When does that reality hit? So it could be their senior year as they start to panic and think, what am I going to do with my life? It could be a year later when they are having to go sit in the stands and watch their former teammates play. Mm. And it could be 10 years later when they still have, they've been grasping and holding on to this identity for a long time. Um, and, and a lot of them, let, let's say the majority will, will coast through it fine. They will have the support. They'll have the love. The, the, it, this isn't um, everyone that's going to have this issue. Uh, but I do think there are some solutions that, you know, that we can work on. You know, we could have, you know, some, some transitional courses for senior athletes. We could, you know, we could have some mentoring programs that we can expand. We can, um, you know, have, have trainers, you know, be involved as, as a part of that as well. Um, but there are also different ways that, that we can encourage um, them after their graduation to get involved in competitive hobbies. You can see a lot of former athletes get into Tough Mudders or they get into cycling or they'll get into, you know, marathon running or they'll get into um, other fitness components where they still can compete. And, and finding those passions and those hobbies are so healthy. And those are the, uh, those are some of the things that I think is really important. So I ask Heather this, what is it something that you have done to help? What has been some of your release and your therapy um, to help kind of guide you and, and propel you into that um, mental health um, stability? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I already mentioned it a little bit of just trying to trans- transfer some of those skills over into my career and exactly what he was saying. A lot of employers do like to hire athletes because of, you know, that resume and really what it requires to compete at that level, at the collegiate level. Um, so again, there has to be a healthy balance there because you can, that can be an unhealthy, um, transferable skill there. But, um, I think that's one area that I've tried to, um, I think another one is just like, I've been so lucky. I have a little sister that she's gotten to play at the collegiate level too. So it's been cool to get to go to her games and watch her compete and, um, things like that, you know, but just, yeah, I mean, just having things outside of, basketball and it's been a process and one honestly that I'm still kind of going through of trying to find things that you know I am good at that I am passionate about um that are more sustainable (laughs) and don't have like a time stamp of eligibility on um I've gotten really plugged in at my church and um our young adults ministry there and um so just kind of little little things like that but you know more recently specifically with actually addressing those issues it would be um, just starting these conversations, doing things like this, you know, having these conversations. It sounds silly, but social media and um, kind of just reaching athletes that way as well. So um, I think it's going to be a, a process really for the rest of my life because <laughs> mm. um, I think at, at my core, I'll always be a competitor and I'll always have, you know, kind of that itch that I that I want to scratch. Um, and I think it's just going to be a lifelong process of kind of figuring out what makes the most sense for me in that season. Sure, and it, sure. and, yeah, it, it, it's your fabric. Yeah, it is. It, it, is. it, it right, and, and I guess 
my question to for you, Heather, is when when that. I don't know if you anticipated that TikTok to do what it did, right? Mm-hmm. But was it cathartic for you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, well, first of all, it was a really vulnerable thing to post, I, right? To like question. go on the internet and say, "Hey, I'm like struggling with a few." As things. you're on a treadmill, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's weird. Um, <laughs> And so that was like a very vulnerable spot to be. But I also just felt like there's no way I'm the only person who feels this way. Like there's no way. There's um, and, but really just with posting that and, and the response, like that has been such a rewarding thing for me. One, to feel not alone. Um, but two, to see, to say that, you know, there is a space for this and there is so much room for growth. And I do think that we've come quite a long ways. I mean, you said, you know, 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, these resources, like, or these conversations weren't happening. I was in high school 10 years ago, you know? So like, I know, right. (laughs) That sounds weird to say, but, um, but that's even that, you know, is just an eye opener. And so to be able to just, you know, social media is such a cool, cool thing in that way. And like anything, there's two sides of the coin, right? right? It can be a negative space too, but, um, we all have power over that space. And I'm so just, blessed that I get to have, you know, my space be a place for people to come and share their experiences and to be able to say that here's the the things that I've been struggling with. But more than that, to be able to say, okay, how do we step away from that? How do we make this better? And then how do we make sure the athletes that come after us um, just have an easier path out of that? So well, that validation can be empowering. Totally. For a lot of people, that validation of other people that are going through it. And some people that are going through it think they are alone mm-hmm. oftentimes in their mental health battles. And so you know, reach, reach out, reach out to people, ask for help. If you don't want to reach out to a person, there are lots of different websites you can get assistance for. I mean, you can do counseling online now. Um, we, we talked earlier about the William Bridges transition model that we really, mm-hmm. you know, like there's a lot of things out there that they can help transition you. And I think that's really important to, to seek and to be able to help. Absolutely. I, I guess when, so to dispel some of the myth out there, mm-hmm. I mean, are, are, are you saying, that you weren't prepared for life afterwards? Mm, that's a tough question. <laughs> um, I think in a lot of ways, yes, because a lot of things, I mean, basketball or sports are a metaphor for life, right? Like mm. there's so many transferable skills. There's so many intangibles that we learn from competing. Um, and so for in a lot of ways, yes, I would say that I can draw on those past experiences and, and that can help me um, move forward. But then I would say in, in other areas that I was just kind of just naive to the fact that this would be, you know, I, I, the, the terminology that I use, like aware of the change, but kind of dumb to the transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all know that it's going to end at some point for us, right? Even people who do compete professionally or, you know, things like that, we know at some point, like the buzzer is going to sound for the last time. And we're aware of that. But I just think there's so many things about the transition um, that we're that we're not aware of. That that is so true and well said. That's my co-host, right? <laughs> right. I know it's it's incredible. And 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 Heather, I know that um, you know we're we have to wrap up here pretty soon. But I want to take a moment to say thank you for bringing this um, series uh, to the airwaves. We really appreciate that. I admire um, you putting yourself out there and being vulnerable, but also being inspiring. You're being very inspiring to these athletes and giving them a voice and you're giving them validation. And I thank you deeply for that. Yeah. And I thank you deeply for providing the, the outlet to, to be able to do that. I mean, you know, this is your show (laughs) and you kind of get the final say. And, um, I appreciate you, you know, creating the space for that. It is, it's definitely important. So. That's good. And, and Jim, thank you. You always bring um, a great perspective 
uh, to what to what we're trying to accomplish and I value what you do with your with your athletic trainers and and how you I'm, I'm going to use it kind of a silly word but how you raise them as athletic trainers <laughs> because you really do guide them along the way and and I really appreciate that about you I think that you're um, uniquely very very talented at what you do thank you I appreciate it, it, it it's for the kids and the people that we serve yeah, I agree. But thank you for being here tonight. I appreciate that. And um, with that, we're going to move into our post-game talk uh, sponsored by Springfield Yard Cards. Go to sgfyardcards.com for more information and story construction, high quality industrial and commercial construction since 1936. Go to story, dot for more information. We're going to continue this confer- conversation next week. Heather's coming back. Heather is coming back. We're going to continue talking, and we've got a couple of other roles that we're going to dive into um, and make sure that we relate um, all different angles of this topic before we wrap the series. So one more week of this series on mental health of the collegiate athlete and beyond. All right, now for our post-game talk. Now, this needs to be a topic that is generated and allow those that need it in a safe place to process and explore options of assistance when needed. It is so important to see each other. When you see someone that is hurting, let them know that you see them. If you see someone that is isolating themselves, let them know you see them. When someone pulls away and alters themselves and their personality, grab them and say, I see you. Seeing others and letting them know that you are with them and that you support and encourage their journey can make all the difference in the world to that person. I believe that seeing others comes in all forms. You will never understand what someone is going through that is their own personalized journey. But as humans, we can join them and we can walk with them. And that is what champions do. And I'm going to remind you as I do each and every week, be a good human and live your life like a champion. Live like a human champion. This is Jenny Hopkins, and this has been A Coach's Perspective. Do you have a special event coming up? 